Welcome to the Mission Daily, your number one podcast to help accelerate learning. Each day, Monday through Friday, we have a brand new episode for you. I'm joined by Stephanie Postles. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited to be on the podcast. This is three in a row now. I think... uh... It is. We're doing a good job getting me on here every once in a while now. Sorry, Ian. <laughs> I booted you off for the day. Booted in a friendly a friendly boot. Yeah, I'm excited for him to come back, though. He makes me laugh more than I make myself laugh. <laughs> Just saying something. And today's episode is Mindsets to Thrive During Automation and or During the Automation and Robot Wars. Wow. Robot Wars? That's a bit, that's a bit sensational. So the clickbaity title is, I generally just wanted to have something that summed up the fears of automation, uh, AIs here, and there are a lot of people that want to use it for nefarious purposes, and then there are some people that want to use AI to help liberate humans and usher in a new golden age of empowerment where we don't have to do as many mundane, boring tasks as we did before. And that basically the mindset that we approach these topics with is what is going to dictate what the future becomes and and what we create or what we don't create or the opportunities we seize or the opportunities we cede to the machines that are doing some wonderful things for us. But there are some very real trade-offs that we have to discuss. And generally, this episode is about arming everyone with the right mindset to thrive during those times. Yep. And as a random side note, every time we talk about automation or people being scared that robots are going to take their jobs you might not like to bring this up, but I think about um, what was it, the South Park episode that you always uh, joke around with in that accent? Oh, they took our jobs. Oh, no. You have to say it the right way. They took our jobs. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. yeah. But that's obviously not what's happening. So we're going to go into why that's not happening today and how to think about it. Yeah. Um, so the like the robots and automation and technology, they, there are definitely plenty of jobs that they are turning into commodities and they are lowering the demand for a lot of different professions. And unfortunately, there are a lot of groups that are trying to do the whole protectionist thing to help protect their industries from the change that robotics are bringing. And this type of defensive posture is sometimes it might be warranted, but other times it's uh, very, very short-sighted because a lot of these larger groups and industries don't realize that there are plenty of entrepreneurs that see that and you know, if you have a publicly traded business and you have to grow and reduce, you know, increase your margins, and competition is fierce, and the average Fortune 500 company only exists for 15 years now, you're generally going to be thinking about bottom line first. <laughs> There's so many other things that are a struggle. So if you're thinking about banding in a group to get together and stop these technological changes and, and progress, that's Maybe something it's worth exploring, but I think a much more valuable mindset and approach is to band together and figure out how to use these new opportunities to empower people. So it's uh, a very simple mindset to fall into would be that, you know, each Uber and Lyft driver driver is going to be replaced the second we get to level five tech automation for these you know, robotics and AI and machine learning. Once Lyft and Uber get to this this place, these vehicles are going to be completely self-driving. So you can lump in Tesla and all the other uh, car manufacturers. Obviously, they're pursuing self-driving. This isn't a uh, big risk for everyone that's currently driving for them as much as it is an opportunity for them to learn about a change that those in the media think is going to happen overnight, or a lot of people think that it's already here. It's not. It's going to be a uh, multi-decade process where 
regulators are going to have, they're going to struggle with this. And there's going to be a big opportunity for anyone who wants to learn about this. So now is the time if you're an Uber or Lyft driver, there's nothing stopping you from you know, a $200 to $300 a month course on Udacity or something like that to start learning the fundamentals of machine learning and self-driving, things like that. Um, at the very least, it's something to just start to figure out like, okay, what if this is coming down the pike, what other things can I do? And it's I, I don't mean that to be callous or anything like that. Um, I just generally want everyone to take a, an offensive posture. That's what this is a call to action for. Basically, instead of fearing the change that's coming and just looking at like how it's going to affect you right now, trying to plan for the future um, is how we should be thinking about it, right? Yeah. And I think if you look back at any historical example, there are plenty of instances where you know people think that the automobile is going to d- destroy or get rid of a bunch of jobs. And it, it does, but then it creates a whole host of other new jobs. It's like every tech job in the Bay Area creates on average 4.4 other jobs in basically jobs that did not exist before. And yeah. that's that's a study that is, uh, I don't hear cited often enough. And it's like for all the, it's again, people want to throw stones at tech companies all the time. Oh, these companies are monopolies, things like that. And it's something that we discussed earlier where they're, they're actually not, they're actually you know quite small compared to some of these other companies that are just now getting to go public. So there's a Saudi Arabian oil company that's going to go public at about a $2 trillion valuation. So literally double the valuation of the largest companies right now, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, or excuse me, Alphabet. And I think we should start thinking about having, exploring the idea of companies that are much larger as opposed to this frenzied type of competition where the average Fortune 500 company can only last for 15 years. And I think that the type of opportunities and economic empowerment for workers and literally the path to a golden age isn't going to be found by having you know, this frenzied competition and companies that die so fast. That's going to create a bunch of horrible working conditions and jobs that are where there isn't job security and where there isn't the prospect of uh, a great retirement or there isn't an opportunity to start your own business that's successful on your own terms where you can have some element of lifestyle design and freedom and take vacations and things like that. The path towards that type of golden age is through how can we, how can governments enable and allow larger companies to do their thing in a collaborative way with the government where they are non-threatening, you know, where antitrust rules are respected, but where these larger companies can invest heavily into R&D and creating that next generation of jobs that are that are not mundane that have uh, an element of play in, in them and like generally the things that we look for when we're analyzing a career choice or, or opportunity so yeah that makes sense so if we're not in Saudi Arabia how do we find companies like that how do we find jobs that aren't going to be commoditized like how do we know what to look for because I think a lot of people get in the trap where a job's right in front of them it sounds great it has a good salary and they just jump on it instead of maybe thinking about where the industry's going or like what what their life could look like in 10 years, basically based on where the market's moving right now. So how do we find these good jobs? Yeah. So a great thought experiment would be everyone listening right now has their, the obvious choices where they're working at right now, where they're thinking about working in the future. So starting with that list of the expected things, the normal careers, everything that you're thinking right now, get clear about that. So write those out, uh, write down any thoughts that you're thinking about the industry, where it's going. If you think that there's going to be more opportunity or less opportunity in the future, and then cross-reference that with the uh, you know, Bureau of Labor and Statistics, whether you look up job statistics, what, what are the projections for the next 10 years, uh, and then start to do 
more research where you go into, you know, check out what is venture capital investment in that industry? What is corporate R&D expenditures? Because that is what's going to allow you to start to get a crystal ball view of the future and see where is smart money betting that this is going to go. So you don't want to listen to too many like media pundits or anybody like that who's just talking about it. You want to look at the the, the hard numbers and cash flow of what is going on in this industry. You can look at companies that are being acquired as well. That's a great sign. So if there's a lot of uh, mergers and acquisition activity in a certain space, that's a great indicator that that is a space that's heating up where there's going to be a lot of future opportunity. The specific job titles and what you need for each of those job titles, that's going to be a little bit murky, a little bit hard to determine. But the more you can familiarize yourself with the terminology in those industries, uh, the more that just arming yourself with that language is what's going to allow you to spot emerging opportunities. And when you show up with that uh, new, you know, if you see a startup that just got funding or something from a notable VC in a uh, tangential industry to what you're in right now, that's a great place where you'll have that entry point. And if you kind of do that homework and get the language down and everything like that, then when you reach out to that startup, it doesn't matter if you don't have the exact skills, you know enough about what's going on where you can do some damage or at the very least uh, add value instead of yeah, taking it away. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I also think um, finding people in those industries and going out and just talking to them, because like you said, you might not know what skills you need for this new industry that's coming about. So just going and seeing like, what are you guys actually working on in this company? All these companies are getting acquired, but I don't know what skills are needed. Let me just go and talk to someone who like, tell me what you need type of thing. Yes. And generally just saying like, you know, how can I help? And there's the honest answer in a lot of those cases is these people are going to be so overworked and so busy that they're not going to be able to tell you right away. But then you can keep pestering and saying like, just give me work, give me like the next task type thing. And you can get a sense of it that way. Or you can go to somebody that they that person is managing and say, how can I take work off of this person's plate? And eventually you're going to get to an answer. You're going to see, okay, this is a spreadsheet that would require me to do A, B, and C in order to uh, get done or in order to help out. And you can just reverse engineer the exact things that you need to do to get up to speed there. And something else that uh, just, you know, as we start to hire more and more candidates, that is very apparent is that just uh, basic writing skills and email skills and communication and being able to listen very patiently and then offer thoughtful advice or a creative solution. That's still, that's where all the action is generally. And those, those are things that nobody wants to consider the fact that they might not be good at email. But if you're really, really helpful with email and scheduling and Google Docs and just the basics, if you have those mastered, there are tons and tons of opportunities out there. So, yeah. And I think something that's really exciting about all these industries that are popping up now is that you can become an expert really quickly. And I forget, maybe it was Steve Jurvetson podcast we we're listening to yeah. where he was basically telling people like, go and learn deep learning and that you only need maybe like 10 hours and you're going to be an expert in that field. And I think we also saw that with a lot of like cryptocurrency stuff that people maybe like three years ago were not in crypto at all. And all of a sudden I see them as like the thought leaders. And I'm like, I remember following you on Twitter when you know, you were asking what a blockchain was maybe two years ago, and now people are looking to you because you're actually the expert in this field now. I think that's exciting yeah. about these industries. Those are, yeah, those are great examples. And so, no, you might not be able to build some type of uh, incredible technology right away, but you are able to get to the frontier where you can uh, get an entry point and get a foothold or toehold in these new industries. 
So start where you're at, start doing some investigating about where is the money moving in this space, start to get a sense of that, and you'll have a, a crystal ball and in a, in a sense into the future. And be excited about the change. I think that's the number one thing is, like you said in the beginning, keep that mindset right so you're excited about what's coming and you're not just scared yes. about what you're going to lose today. There is all, there are always, always, always an opportunity to solve your problem. There are typically, you know, if you think that there is just one solution or there might not be a solution to the problem, uh, in my own personal life, I found there are typically dozens of solutions. There are just so many different solutions that when we're in a mindset that is in any way clouded by fear, we can think that our options are limited when in reality, there's just dozens of options. And it's always a matter of just thinking a bit more creative, uh, you know, creatively about where you're at and how to solve your challenges. So the war with the machines is going to be delayed and postponed for now. We've averted it. Uh, keep the mindset. Crisis averted. <laughs> and um, yep, if we get any word that Skynet is going online, we will uh, reach out and uh, start to recruit the army. But for now, whew, we're okay. So. All right, we're good. See you next time. See ya. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.